This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 96 of the Wisdom by Wessa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks Coletti. And this is Sofia Yagela. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WESA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. We're finally back with another Wisdom by Wessa episode. Yes, the wait was long, but it was worth it. And it was because during the break, the August 2022 Wessa Trade Show finally took place. And the Horse Radio Network attended to record some interviews right on site. So make sure you check those out. You can find them as a special on the Wisdom by Wessa podcast feed. So yeah, make sure you check out that episode. Speaking of the August WESA trade show, how did it go? It was great. The August WESA trade show was the association's second summer show in Dallas, Texas, and it was such a good show. And as always, we've talked to retailers and exhibitors to get more feedback, and we are always working on improving the shows even more. So we're already looking forward to the next WESA trade show in January. In terms of the attendance, did you spot some trends? So the summer show is growing. We were excited to welcome more national stores, more international stores, and more new stores than we did last year. So that was great. And one of the trends or patterns that we saw during the registration process was that more stores now actually pre-registered and thereby they get to skip the lines at the DMC. So everything moved a little bit faster. And if you are attending the upcoming January show, you can do the same and pre-register on westhattradeshow.com. The Bailey Hat Company was founded in Los Angeles by George Bailey in 1922. So it's celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. George originally designed Western hats for the movie sets and hats for emerging movie stars. Folks who have been around the Western lifestyle for many years may still envision cowboy hats when they hear the name Bailey. But the company has significantly expanded its markets and its styles and has recently launched a rebranding initiative which celebrates a dedication to a wide range of headwear without forsaking its Western heritage. Marketing Director Sean Leone joins us today to tell us about this important step. Sean, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon uh, to record this show and this episode of the Wisdom by Wessa podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Mike. I'm very excited to uh, meet with you guys and, and talk a little bit about Bailey Hats. Well, of course, Bailey has now had uh, reached its 100th anniversary. The brand and the styles have gone through some transitions. And I know in looking at uh, some material online, there's going to be even more transitions coming up with the rebranding. Most people uh, in the Western part of the world, uh, Western lifestyle part of the world, are very familiar with Bailey as a brand of Western hats. 
But over the period of time, um, since the, the business was founded by Mr. Bailey, he went to L.A. and was designing hats for movie sets and movie stars. Why, very slowly, I think the brand and the company has realized that people put more things on their heads than Western hats, and they probably should uh, take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, through the 100 years, a lot of things have changed in our styling. But the one thing that I guess hasn't changed is our values, whether it be for a Western customer or a fashion customer. You know, from the very beginning, George Bailey kind of had a, a dual design process in mind. He was designing for the Western wear market for your ranchers, your cowboys, etc. But then he was also designing and styling hats for Hollywood elites and the studio system that was going on in the 1920s in Los Angeles. But for both markets, he always tried to make the best possible hat, and we continue to try and strive for that today. Well, and you might talk a little bit about what's shifting in terms of the uh, the emphasis uh, or the breadth of the line. And I know you changed some names around and different divisions have different names, which people probably won't remember. But I'm certain that as a retailer, uh, I'm anxious to find out what all you have to offer me and how I go about uh, putting it on my shelves. Yeah, amazing question, uh, Mike. So we do kind of have some subdivisions within the Bailey line. We have uh, our newly named Bailey 1922 division, and that caters to our, our fashion customer. Uh, it was formerly known as Bailey of Hollywood. But we thought in today's modern age, with the Hollywood connotation becoming um, not so desirable anymore, uh, we decided to come up with a name that kind of looked back and reflected over our 100 years. So We've gone with 1922. So Bailey 1922 will uh, connotate our fashion line. Now, we also have the second division, which is our Bailey Western division. But, of course, we just call that Bailey. Uh, internally, we'll refer to it as Western, only as not to confuse it with the 1922 line. But for a consumer-facing purposes, that's known as our Bailey line. Uh, and we also have gone back and changed the logos a bit. Uh, we used to have Bailey of Hollywood for our Bailey of Hollywood line, and we've now kind of revamped the look, overall look of the logo, and it now says Bailey 1922. And then for Bailey Western, we've kind of gone back through the archives, and we reverted back to our more traditional Bailey logo with a little spur at the tail end of the Y. So it's kind of a throwback to the history of the brand and, and some of the archival things that have been going on with the brand. Casey, why don't you chat a bit about what you see in terms of what uh, retailers and customers should be excited about as you take a look at the website and take a look at the lines. Well, one thing I have to say uh, right off the bat, this summer when I went to rodeo and then I needed a straw hat, um, I bought a Bailey. So there's a, oh, a fun bit of information. <laughs> so my straw is a Bailey. And I will tell you this. And maybe you could shed some light on it. I have a very small head, an abnormally small head. And six and five-eighths is not an easy size to find. So can you tell me about your size ranges? Is that is that something that you guys realize, that you are one of few that offer that small of a hat? We do, do. In our straws and in our fur felts and our felts, there are many styles where we go as small as six and five-eighths. 
Some do start at six and seven eighths, but for the most part, uh, we do have six and five eighths available. And then conversely, on the flip side, we'll go all the way up to seven and three quarters in some instances, and, and in almost all cases, seven and five eighths. It's interesting to me because if I rewind I, back to maybe my childhood when I was junior rodeoing, I feel like hats were um, just that. We wore hats to compete for the most part, but through the years and especially I would say maybe in the last 10 years, wearing hats as a fashion piece has become a, a real big staple in the Western industry. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not just, you know, traditional uh, cowboy styles with, you know, cattlemen right. crowns, et cetera. Uh, we've really evolved our line and we have a great designer uh, who's based in our headquarters and she's come up with some really amazing, you know, wool felt designs and even straw designs. So she really um, has done a great job at creating more of a fashion piece for the female Western customer. I won't have you speak on her behalf necessarily, but um, these designs, do you know where some of the inspiration comes from? I mean, does the inspiration come from movies and Hollywood and, and say New York fashion? Or do you have any insight on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, she works very hard to research the market and what's going on within the market. Uh, she gets inspired by just, you know, everyday things that are happening in her own life, in her own world. Uh, I know uh, on the side, she also has horses that she uh, trains. So, you know, that is a big part of, of her life. And you can see how that translates into her designs. Um, she's sure. also very well connected to the history of the brand, the history of the, the Bailey company, and also mm -hmm. very tuned into what's going on in pop culture. So you sure. kind of put all that together and uh, it's really a great resource uh, for her to have to draw inspiration from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about movie sets now? Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we have strong relationships with a lot of uh, studios and, and stylists, and they're always hitting us up for this certain style. Uh, the funny thing is, is, you know, because it's the movie business, they usually need anywhere from 15 to 20 hats of the same style, same size, just oh. in case, you know, they're, they're doing a stunt and one gets sure. put on fire, one gets crashed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little, little interesting tidbit, but... Uh, yeah, so we constantly have stuff out in, in different movies here here and there. Yeah, I'm always so amazed at the long-term brands. Um, I think the fashion world, and whether we're talking about accessories, clothes, hats, it, it doesn't matter the, the product we're, we're talking about. Fashion is so ever-changing. And for a brand to be in business and successfully in business for so many years, I think it really just speaks volumes. And it always amazes me how a brand can stay relevant if that's the right word, for so long. Sure, absolutely. And I mean, it goes back to our core values. I mean, from the very beginning, we we're always about, number one, making fine quality hats, and number two, having great, appropriate styling. So uh, it's not always easy. Uh, sometimes it's a challenge to kind of hit those notes correctly. Um, but, you know, we have a strong team, and we work very hard to, to research the market and what's going on. Uh, we have a great production facility, uh, they take a lot of care in what they produce. Uh, we also have a wool cleaning plant in San Angelo, Texas. Uh, so really the process starts there. The wool gets dropped off. It gets cleaned. It gets sent to our headquarters to turn to be, you know, eventually turned into fine hats. So at every step of that process, we have uh, 
we have employees that are working for us with, with a singular goal, and that is to make the best quality hat possible. Right. Well, I will have to email you a picture from this summer with my Bailey on, so you'll believe me <laughs> when oh, I say that that's I what I wore it. all summer. <laughs> um, I'd love to and, see it, uh, and I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Even I when you fell, even when the horse fell down? Yes, I had it on then. <laughs> yeah, I was doing stunts. <laughs> and it didn't come off. <laughs> it was Amazing. just network. Amazing. <laughs> it didn't come off. You're right. <laughs> You mentioned the uh, uh, the wool uh, cleaning plant down in Texas. I remember I was looking at a story. You actually have sheep ranchers who are growing sheep and, and shearing wool under contract to you so you can control the quality. Is that right? Exactly. In San Angelo, Texas, there's a community of, of, of wool growers and uh, sheep ranchers who will shear the sheep uh, depending on what kind of uh, length of wool is required. They may do it twice a year. They may do it once a year. But then once that wool is sheared, it's brought to our facility, and uh, we will put it through the process and through our our processing line of actually washing the wool, prepping it, and bagging it, and getting it ready to ship to our factory uh, in Pennsylvania in preparation to become a finished wool hat. Well, I think that's a great quality story and a great consistency uh, story. Uh, a question uh, from the retail standpoint, uh, do you see Western retailers who I'm sure are carrying the Western lines beginning to broaden the Bailey offering that they have because they realize that even people who like Western hats don't wear them every day? Sure, sure. It's, a, it's 100% true. We have a lot of customers who... Uh, have maybe only bought Western in the plant in the past. Uh, you know, look to some of the offerings from our 1922 line because one, they're great quality, and it might be more appropriate styling to service their customers' needs. And on the flip side, we're also seeing some of our mainly 1922 customers uh, look for some more traditional Western offerings from us um, because that's also uh, kind of trending as well. So it's we're in this very unique and fortunate situation right now where where both sides of our business are kind of benefiting off of each other. We're coming out of COVID. The economy is really, you know, a little dicey depending on what you look at and what you use as measurement. But how has Bailey uh, come out of COVID uh, in terms of being a uh, reliable supplier to your retailers? What are you seeing from um, your retailers' lens as people carrying your hats? What can you share with us on the on the hat economy, if you will. Yeah, I will say, I mean, from the from the get-go, I mean, I'm very proud to be uh, a member of the, the Bailey family. And, and I will say that our company uh, did very well throughout the entire pandemic process to make sure that, you know, not only do they take care of their employees, but also their customers uh, to the best of their ability. Uh, everybody was going through hard times. Things were, were very uncertain unsure and uncertain. Um, so we really made it a, priori a priority to communicate with our customers and, and try to listen and understand what their needs were so we could help in whichever way was possible. Um, as the pandemic started to slow down and things started to opening up, I mean, we still find we're, we're running into issues. And I would say this is industry-wide, but there's a, a bit of a shortage when it comes to fur felt bodies, uh, which mainly come from Europe. 
Um, there's also some shortages on straw bodies, and it's really just down to as factories are trying to get their staffs back fully on the floor and producing their product, it's kind of having a trickle-down effect. So, you know, what we're trying to do is just look at other alternatives for sourcing our raw materials um, and, you know, other items like trims and components to really make sure that we have a strong, broad offering for our retailers. Clearly, we are the Wisdom by Oessa show. Uh, Bailey has been a, uh, uh, a good member of which WESA is proud for quite some time. Uh, how do you see the role of WESA uh, in terms of supporting not only historically, uh, but the rebranding initiative that you've launched? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been tremendously helpful. Obviously, uh, they coordinate the big trade shows twice a year that we attend, and it gives us uh, a venue to showcase you know, our new products, but also any new happenings that we may have going on with the brand. So, you know, right off the bat, it's a way to get in front of the community and shake hands and, you know, meet face to face and and just talk about, you know, what's new and and what are the challenges and, you know, how can Bailey look to solve any issues they may have. Uh, On top of that, you know, WIS is very strong in uh, supporting other Western industry uh, charity initiatives. Uh, just in this past uh, August show, there was a, a an opening wel- welcoming event that uh, benefited the National Little Bridges uh, Association, and it was great to be a part of that and you know support WISA and in turn support the National Little Bridges Association. So so it's those kinds of efforts that um, you know we really. Uh, respect Lisa for taking the time to undertake to organize and we're so happy we can be a part of it well we hear that we like to hear those kinds of compliments and I know Wes is anxious to uh, help Bailey as it rebrands and moves into the next century Uh, I don't think I'll be around to talk about your 200th anniversary but we wish you well we'll be watching what takes place uh, and I thank you for sharing uh, uh, both the past, the present, and the future with us. Thank you so much. I really did appreciate it, and I appreciate your time and, and everything that you guys are doing over there at Wessa. So please keep it up, and uh, we look forward to seeing everybody in January. Okay, we will do that. Thanks a lot. The show notes and links from today's show can be found at wisdombywessa.com. And feedback, of course, we'd love to hear any feedback you might have. There's a contact link on that website. The Wisdom by Wessa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. You just search Horse Radio Network in the app store. It's free and super easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom by Wessa podcast. Wessa, where the industry meets.